Hello, welcome back to Zenith Podcast. I'm your host, Cesar Davila, and I'm here with my sister and one of her best friends. My sister, older sister, Hilary Davila, and her best friend, Irene Jimenez. Both of them are future filmmakers and very strong, powerful Latinas. And I'm here having you guys on. I'm happy to have you guys on. Hello. Yeah. Hi, I'm back. Hello. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So how long have you known each other? That's a loaded question. <laughs> because I... I want to say right now it's almost like six years. Five, six years. Right? Seven, yeah. Like no, five, yeah. Six, years. five, six years. And where did you guys Not meet? including pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We were friends or anything. I'm just joking, guys. This is the first time I've seen you I forever. know. Like, literally like a year and a half. I haven't seen her since Christmas of last year. Oh, in your Christmas party? Yeah. That yeah. turn up party. <laughs> That was hilarious. Oh, yeah. All my parties are just something else, especially when it comes to them. Oh, my God. We don't shut up. I'm surprised the police hasn't come by for us. Like, oh, damn. Well, I mean, you guys go hard, but you guys also end pretty early. <laughs> That's true. Because we're old ladies, okay? <laughs> we're Some of us need a rest. <laughs> I know. My parties always end, like, by 10. That's fucking sad. Dude, that's fucking fine with me. I gotta drive first. <laughs> you know what? That is fine because it's... I got to clean after, and I'm like, um, I need to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, y'all got to leave now. <laughs> Bye. Um, so, y'all met in college, right? Yes, mm-hmm. we did. Yeah, Cal City LA. LA. Shout out to the homies. Shout out to the chingam nuts. Oh, my God. The bitches the bad bitches you know who you are so so um fairly i mean i'm only like kind of like being brief the story of how you guys met but like based off of like what you guys told me um hillary was the one who approached right i assume yeah so actually it was literally my first semester at cal state la i think you still met me when i had um my blonde hair or something like that i think, I think I did, yeah, yeah she was one oh, of the short few. hair right yeah, it was my blonde short hair, and then I like I went fuck like went black after that. So it was so funny. Um, but yeah, I met her during the class. I believe it was like introduction to script writing, if I'm correct, it was, yes. right? Yeah. And I basically forced her to be my friend. She didn't she, want to, but I forced her to be my friend. She oh. sat in front of me, and I, I think we had to do like an exercise or something. And she turned around and she's like, "Let's do this exercise together." And I'm like okay like i had to look i'm like okay no one else asked me right <laughs> she's looking at her options like shit <laughs> i'm like i have options and did she ask i'm the your person only option <laughs> there's like a wall behind you girl you're in the last row I was. Uh, and she's I'm, like okay and after that just never got rid of me i, I mean, didn't she she is the reason i i tried um was it grapes with tahine because you had grapes with tahine Why one time grapes so with tahine in, like I i've never heard of that do it it's like phenomenal you know just be careful because you could choke because <laughs> the grips are juicy <laughs> do you know for real is, you know, no okay so this is i know how we met but remember how my mom used to like well my mom every new year's would make us oh eat like a bag God, of grapes yes. and there is this one new year's that she legit bought the big old big old grape ones the ones like this is like a quarter size and we literally almost choked. Like we could have just died on New Year's. Like, yeah, apparently. Up. Like so, um, in that new in in that same year, she told us that we have to eat all of our grapes in like under a minute. Ooh, 
okay. Yeah. And make a wish. And we, yeah. and make a wish it's for like every 12, grape. Yeah. 12 grapes. 12 yeah. grapes. Yeah. You ever heard of that, right? Yeah, yeah, we do that. So make, make a wish for, for for them. It's like a minute before midnight. So it comes true at midnight. Yeah. But my mom got like the biggest grapes on earth. And we all literally <laughs> almost like choked. Hey, dream big. She exactly. wants us to dream big. I guess, but I didn't want to die. Yeah, I know. We're all like, <laughs> like we're all taking, we're all quiet and shit. We we're like, cr- like laughing because we never. That was the first year we did it, so we were cracking up because of like how how big they were, how everybody was just like, like literally like big old cheeks, like trying yeah. to do yeah. it down. Have you ever played a game possible. Chubby Bunny? No. How, do you know what the game is? Yeah, is uh, that the one where you stuff like marshmallows in your yeah, mouth and like, yeah. say chubby bunny until yeah, until until you can no longer say <laughs> yeah. chubby bunny, mm-hmm. you just stuff as many marshmallows. Yeah, that kind of had that's how it felt like stuffing all yeah, the grapes. Basically, in. and then we're just like trying to eat them. I yeah. mean, I, I choked. Hazard, yeah. <laughs> I did, that's I, a hazard, girl. I couldn't finish my twelve grapes before midnight. I was like, whatever. I did six. <laughs> good enough. Half of the year's gonna go good, <laughs> right? <laughs> After the year, I, I'm sure that was a half a year that went right, and then well, oh, you know what? It's probably a pandemic that happened. It just saved itself for pandemic. It was like half a year, good. Rest of the year, not good. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. usually how it goes though with life. Like mm-hmm. when, like when has it ever been? I don't think I've ever had like a solid year of like everything going good. No, I, that's I hard. Either. Twelve months of happiness, like oh fuck. my god, that's like a dream. Unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable dream. <laughs> Yeah, That's no. the movie right there. Oh, period. <laughs> um, did you both graduate the same year? The Disney movie. <laughs> um, um, I think we did. Right? No. 2018. Did we graduate? Oh, we did. I just saw a picture of us. We did. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry, it's because Sadie I... graduated before Yeah, us. Sadie, gradu- Sadie and Natalie graduated. Those are yeah. another friend. So we have a, a group of friends, or a bitches at least, that we went to school with. <laughs> and we called each other like bad bitches on deck. <laughs> Because we just always just did projects together. But all, all, all the same major? All the no. same major, yeah. Yeah. All, all of us. Ones, yeah. So from that group, Sarelli and Natalie were the first two to graduate. And then I technically graduated like the semester after. And then the rest of them did it after me. Mm-hmm. So I was by myself when I graduated, as always. <laughs> I'm always but by myself. But you walked the stage with me. But I did. I ended up walking. Like I was out of school for six months, and I was trying to get jobs. And man, those are. I mean, my life is always stressful. Those were really stressful times because I was no job, no money. I didn't. Even, I don't even think I had a car. Like it was. It was a very hard six months. And then, yeah. Luckily, six months later, I got my job at Disney, and then. I graduated and then I moved out for the summer and it was fun. Like that was a good fun year. I remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I remember our like we shared our graduation party. It was we you did. graduating Casadale and I graduating. Yeah. That was the last uh, time I got Rihanna. really drunk. <laughs> Dude, I got, <laughs> I got really. I got pretty drunk that one. Yeah, too. me and me. I was like knocked out at the end of the fucking party. <laughs> As it should be. Fucking yeah. Like shit. we, I think you guys went, or I think you went for a little bit, and everybody and his friends went, and it was a fun time. Like it was, it was a good vibe, but that was the last time I got really drunk. And after that, I just I can't drink like that anymore. It's an old man. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. So, uh, what's your major? Um, technical terms, I guess, it would be yes. like television and film media studies yeah right Is yeah it, what, it's television film media and i got a minor <clears throat> oh, she did. and uh what was it entertainment marketing mm-hmm. 
I don't. That's just the title. Everybody. She's such a know-it-all. Like no, that's a title, girl. Like I don't not remember anything from those classes. Really? <laughs> hey, you got the liner. <laughs> so though. you were dying like doing five oh, classes a freaking semester. I was like, girl, you're nuts. I and I remember to. you tried to convince me. I'm like, huh? Right? <laughs> not down. Dude, that's because. It's because when we switched to semester, that, like, messed up my whole scheduling. Because oh, we only and well, I had to rush it. You end. were in Cal State before, right? You started there from, like, the beginning, no? Yeah, so I started as an undergrad, and then I did my, what was it, like, two years of all those basic classes, like English, mm-hmm. math. Dude, I was, like, middle school math. <laughs> Girl, not, yeah. like was, so. I've never been good at math. I Sorry. think, I believe it was me and Natalie who... We're the only ones from our group. Oh, and I think Julia, who transferred there. Mm-hmm. Because I came from Mount Sac. I did my, like, uh, it wasn't specifically film. I did, I did, like, a liberal studies major there. But I was always film. But it was just like, oh, you made the classes. I might as well go for it. Mm-hmm. And then I transferred to Cal CLA. Mm-hmm. And that's when all of us got together. I think it was, like, four of us that didn't come from from. Like from all through Cal LA, I think it was on you. Emma, I think, did it. Yeah. Elizabeth and Sarelli. I think that is correct. I want to say so. Because oh, all so of yeah. us. Well, I mean, like, names are kind of irrelevant. These yeah, I know. Guys, <laughs> I know. But the people who do know, let me know if I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> Text me later. Yeah, so um, how was, like, how, I guess, how big was your group then? Is it eight of us? I think it's eight of us. Yeah, it's eight or ten. No, eight or ten. Damn, I mean, either... do the guys count? Yeah, no, <laughs> they don't count. <laughs> Sorry, guys, they don't Sorry. count. Damn, so, so it was eight of us. Eight of us. So about so eight all women. Mm-hmm. All, oh, mm-hmm. no, they're not all Hispanics, though, right? But like, my um, minority because no. because Ju- one Ju- of them. Yeah, Julia is Armenian, but I'm she's basically Latina. yeah, she's basically adopted Latina, like straight up. She just doesn't do chili, though. Oh, yeah. She doesn't do spicy food. Poor girl. I can't either. That's but that's true. heartburn problems. Not because <laughs> no, you're not It's Latina. not your choice. It's not your choice. It's not my choice. I'll still eat it. You know, I'll be dying inside. Yeah. So, um, so like, because I noticed a lot of times in college, you tend to find people, like, very similar to your background and culture, you know? Yeah. And that's how you guys get into coming because that's how I was when I went to Chico State. That's how I was. Every single school I went to, like, the people that um, I just, like, magnetate, uh, I, I magnetize towards? Gravitated. 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 Good. Thank you. Gravitated towards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, like, I mean, Hispanics, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, of your group, how many, uh, like, how was, uh, I guess, the percentage of minorities in your major? Like, do you feel mo- most of the the women who are Hispanic were in your group of the major, or? No, I think there was more. Well, because Cal State LA, LA I think, is a majority Latino yeah. college. Yeah, it is, Because yeah. it's, like, by East LA. Mind you, on the other side is Alhambra, which is, I think, is full of mostly white people. So I can cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, like, majority um I definitely feel Latinos it was, yeah, it school. was... I mean, I personally love being in Cal State LA because it reminded me how Mount Sac was. is very diverse. Like, there's mm-hmm. people from all types of backgrounds. Like, it's a, it's it. I think it was such a good environment. Like, I never felt out of place there. And our group, 
I don't I mean majority of us are Latinas, but it wasn't because we were Latinas that we gravitate to each other. I think it was because we were all film majors and we were Latinas. So we like kind of just stick to each other. And yeah, I think it was like, well, for me, I think it was more like these women are strong as hell. Yeah. And I want to be friends with them. Because yeah. I, I like to gravitate myself, sorry, towards women that like. I feel can push me and that inspire mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah, I mean that's how. Yeah, like you know, and they're like, "How's your back?" Like they're loyal around. as heck. Like I think before them, obviously, I've I have friends from all types of t- times in my life, but with these women, man, like I've never felt so like so inspired and so motivated, but also Supported. I've never found in like one in one with them, like we never judge each other we just support each other all the way through and to this day we still support each other even though all of us are living our different lives and doing doing things and not doing things like whatever we're doing like we are 100% supporting each other through it all yeah I mean that's something I definitely do um I like what you have with that you know like yeah it's it's a pretty big circle and it's a pretty strong circle and like it's just and it's funny because uh the way i know them is the way you you describe them which are chingonas <laughs> like Straight literally up. i see that that's, that circle of friends like hillary like the label is just chingonas like yeah. you know oh yeah they're the ones in, yeah right chit, chit. and i want that you tattoo. have a tattoo chingona it's amazing i, I remember when she, she, she told me about it i'm like <laughs> Bitch, I was thinking about the same thing. I wanted that same print. I was like, damn, you got it before me. I'm still getting Fuck it. Fucking do it. Yeah, rep- represent. It is funny because I don't think I was introduced to the term chingonas until I met them. Like, I've heard about it, but I don't think I've ever related to it until I think this group of women literally physically taught me what it was. And I was like, damn. And can you teach whoever doesn't know what it is? What is a chingona? Chingona 101, ladies, let's go. Chingonaism. Um, well, man, I mean, all I could really relate to is like, man, this is a badass bitch. Like, this bitch is strong as hell. This girl has gone through a lot. And she's always struggling, but she's also thriving in her struggles. And she's doing herself. She's doing her. But with doing all that for herself, she's also doing it for her family. She's also doing it for others. And she wants to stand up for her community. Mm-hmm. And that's, oh my God, I just got chills when I said that. Oh, wow. I love it. But that's basically what I think of a chingona. Like, that bitch is that bitch. Like, you know, that's why I call my sister Mini Chingona because she's learning. I'm like, we all learn. A chingona in training. Exactly. And you can be a boy and be a chingon. Like, you know, it's not just being chingona, like chingona just for a girl. It's like, if you are yourself and you're representing yourself 100%, but at the same time, you're also representing your family and your culture 100%, then you you wear that bitch. You wear that chingona. Yeah. So, if, like, I see, as an outside perspective, I'm just trying to think of, like, what are some phrases that you can align with chingona? And what I'm thinking is, like, strong, independent, being able to carry themselves, but also at the same time, independent but compassionate. Mm-hmm. Humbled, yes. Humbled. Humbled. A hundred percent humble to an extent because y'all get hyped, y'all hype each other up, y'all, you know, like <laughs> as it should be. Yeah, I mean, there has to be, yeah, there has to be a balance there, you know, because yeah. especially I think, oh no, not I think for sure a fact, like it's just um, toxic masculinity takes over, and isn't this isn't this kind of a way to combat that? I feel like it is. I would also say a chingona is resilient. 
mm-hmm. because you know we get knocked down i say yeah. we that's right so many times mm-hmm. and especially i mean in the latino community there's that big like machismo as you said yeah and like i think my biggest part of it is breaking that cycle of it and showing other women not necessarily in the latino community because i mean i feel like all cultures can relate to machismo in in some like capacity or way just different words yeah basically um but yeah and just breaking that cycle and standing up for yourself because no one else is going to do it for you um and showing your friends that you have their back and they have your back you know loyalty loyalty key word of being a chingo and as being loyal yeah loyal to those people around you bringing them up with you um you know there's I look at it like, it's kind of like feminism, but, you know, feminism is a very strong word. It can, use, it, can, it can be used in different ways, but I always felt like chingona was always such a positive word to me. Like, you know, if someone calls me chingona, I take that as like, oh, how yeah, bitch? Like, how yeah, my chingona? Like, what's yeah, up? Yeah, I feel like the chingona is, she's doing the work. She's doing the work. And she's intimidating to... people while doing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, she's doing the work to make that change. So is chingona like kind of the the, the Spanish word of bad bitch? Yeah, it really is. Because bad bitch badass. like it like it has a positive connotation towards yeah. it, you know? Yeah. It has a very similar to in chingona. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. It's a Yeah, I that's exactly when whenever, you know, you know, some of my white friends or some people that ask me cuz I constantly use that word on my social media like you know, because I want to represent that. Like in this industry, that's what I'm gonna call myself. And in my in my film industry, I'm a chingona. Hell yeah, I am. And you're not gonna take that ne- like take that negativity away from my word because it's a bad bitch. I am that bitch, and <laughs> I'm just here to do me. Like I'm here to do me, and I'm here to represent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's really interesting. Uh, because are we intimidating you? <laughs> No, well, I, I, I was, I grew up with this girl. I grew I up with this woman, so I'm not, no, nah, I'm not really intimidated. I love that. But respect. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that's something definitely I learned, um, growing up with these women in, in my household. You know, respect, yeah. understand boundaries. You know, because thankfully, they helped me steer away from like toxic masculinity. Like I don't think I, I, I don't think I struggle with that. You know, like that's not something that people really bring up too much to my attention. Obviously. There's behaviors I do, just like everyone else. I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. you know, but definitely I, I can I can say like with with confidence that like I that I don't fall too too much under con, like toxic masculinity because like they uh, Hillary and Nicole and my mom like all taught me how to slowly you know like just be in touch with my emotions like use confidence use um pa- patience you I, I taught myself patience with you. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah. patient runs through. Honestly, like okay, outside of the house, I'm I'm pretty patient. Like I could take a lot. I can be very patient. Of course, when you're inside the house, that, that's a whole different story. Yeah. Um. But what I was gonna say was, it's funny because I didn't learn the term chingona from my mom, because I think my mom looked at it. I think because she grew up in a different time, I think chingona was a little bit more negative. Like it was like a rebellious, a mm-hmm. rebel mm-hmm. woman. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think when I started learning that word, my mom started asking me, like, why are you using that word? Like, why are you calling yourself that? You know? And I'm just like, because I'm that word. I'm a bad bitch. Like, you know, I think it's just that's just who I am. And 
I'm starting, I started teaching Nicole that, you know, because she was younger and she's the youngest. And that's where it just kind of combined. Like I taught you and I taught her. Obviously, it's a different type of lessons on teaching each one of you because you're a guy and she's a girl. But at least with you, I definitely wanted to teach you like, you know, I didn't want to grow up ever disrespecting a woman. Yeah. You taught me how to treat a woman. You're teaching our little sister how to be a woman. Exactly. Period. Uh, in a sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. But like um, she's growing into it. You know, she's oh, trying just to, like everyone. Yeah. Like I tell her, Takes like time. I always and I, t- I tell you the same thing. Like you guys are going to learn your own way what that word means. You know, this is what I think of it. But she's going to learn a different way because she's a different generation. Yeah. She's not growing up like I did as being the oldest daughter of in this Latino family. Yeah. You know, so I took a lot of the responsibility and I took that. I took a lot from my parents more than you and Nicole. Yeah. So everyone's going to define that term differently. But I definitely wanted to teach you and her, like you said, like teach you how to treat a woman. I want her to you know, to learn how to be a woman, to take responsibility of herself. Yeah, I mean, that's... What's so interesting is that, like you said, you, you barely started learning this term in college, you know, where, like, all these women kind of... It's it's kind of like you guys, as a group, formed this identity for yourselves. Yeah. You know, this identity of, like, strength, but also community. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's really strong. That's definitely, that's definitely something people should do more often. You know, like, find ways to identify with a community rather than, like, individual. But also, I mean, it depends on where you're from. We're, we're Hispanic, so, like, just naturally our, in our culture, we're more, like, collectivist. You know, we're more, like, thinking about, like, our, not just ourselves, but, like, the people around us and, like, our like families, our what friends. They, yeah, like, what they're thinking community. of us, right? Yeah. yeah, but that's strength right there, you know? Like, like you having all these, uh, you having, like, these women all have your back, you know? Like, because if there's one thing I do remember um, what, what all of you told me is how you i mean you guys are like yellow loyal like one if one of you guys make it like you guys can try your best to get everyone in you know and that's it's because we understand how this industry is we understand the role women play in this industry and it's like no we're can, gonna break those stereotypes can you can you talk about some of these stereotypes please you go irene <laughs> i go um okay well i don't know i feel like a lot that goes into the film industry in general has to do uh i'm just gonna say like emotional abuse and like mental abuse like you work Mm -hmm. super long hours yeah and no sleep is part of that culture and And not just women yeah not just women it's it's yeah it's like the whole crew basically yeah (laughs) Uh, but because you're also passionate about getting this movie done or making this show and you, you want it to go out there and be shown to the world. So you're all putting in all these hours and trying to make this project happen where you forget about yourself. Um, and it's just, I don't know, like, I don't think that's right. Yeah. Um, and I don't like that, like, the people that are higher up feel the need to treat those of us that are, like, I w- like below the line. I don't know if you guys... I mean, I know yeah. you know what that means, but yeah. like, I don't know if you don't know what that means. Can you can you elaborate, please? Yeah. So below the line is basically is mostly the crew. Mm-hmm. So there's above the line, which are like actors, directors, higher the higher ups, and then below the line. Um, and then those of us below the line, I feel like they think it's okay to put us into these situations where we're kind of killing ourselves because we really want to later at some yeah. point go above the line, you know? And yeah, like I don't know, like. I 
Um, I mean, referring to that, how women are specifically, it's because I just feel like we, I mean, like, obviously me and Irene are not in the industry, obviously, but it doesn't... Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> manifesting that since uh, we were kids, but I think it's the way women are treated. I mean, there's a reason why the Me Too mm-hmm. movement happened. You know, we're the ones that majority of the time are getting sexually harassed in it. Yeah. And yeah, a ones... lot of it did come from the film industry, huh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it started in the film industry because of all those, like, you know, it's it's like, hey, in order to make it, you got to do this for me. And it's majority of the time is sexual acts. And it's yeah. like, and not, I'm not saying men don't do it because there were stories of men getting it the same way, but the the percentage of women was unbelievable. We were still in school during that time. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it in our group multiple times. And then we thought, like, you know, I, I don't know who said it, but they were like, damn, like, I'm scared now. Like, what, am, do I have to, excuse my language, but do I have to suck somebody's dick to get to where I want to go? Like, do I need to do something? Like, I thought I just had to work hard to get to where I want to, where I want to go. I didn't know I had to do all this other extra stuff. And then the, the, suck, the sucky part is that, if you don't do it, they destroy your career. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a job after that. And that's the scary part of it where you're just like, so you're telling me that I'm killing myself over these positions and trying to get my dreams come true, trying to get my family out of the gutter. And you can just snap your fingers and destroy my name like that. You know, that's what we've always talked about. Like, that's not going to happen to us. Like, we're going to break those stereotypes. And there's lots of people be outside of our group that are doing the same thing right now. God bless them. <laughs> I mean, okay, so, like, when it comes to breaking the stereotypes, what are some things that can be done? I think talking about it is yeah. the first step. You know, like you said, like, the whole Me Too movement. I mean, yeah, a majority of it did feel like it came from the film industry but i feel like that's in all industries it just felt like it came mostly from the film industry because they have the biggest platform everything is in the media you know and what people see celebrities yeah all the celebrities are we're coming out telling their stories and it's what everybody sees but i'm just as sure that this is happening in other industries you know 100 percent. yeah Yeah. it's also in corporations everywhere i want to meet it's everywhere and that's why you know when it comes to harassment in the workplace, it's I can tell it's getting taken seriously because it can literally destroy a company's image yeah. ASAP. I mean, and you it just if just referring back to like the film industry, I mean, how many big names were just completely destroyed? What was his name? Harry Winston. Oh God! Oh my Winston. God, dude! Like Trash. his career went down so fast. Which he deserved it, you know, yeah. and all those people deserve it. Whoever does that, because it's like, man, you're gonna ruin my career just like that. Well, I'm gonna ruin yours, and that's like exactly what I mean. Said the first step is definitely to talk about it and yeah. to, you know, just voice it. And it's hard. It took, I understand. I've yeah. I've gone through situations now, and I understand it's very hard to talk about harassment, and it sucks when you're in it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I cannot talk about what I've gone through, but it's like, I understand. And it sucks. Like, it definitely sucks when you're in that situation because you feel like, damn, like, I'm, I feel alone. I feel like, am I going to get the back end about this? You know, but luckily, I'm seeing that companies are putting more effort into it. People are putting more light into it. And 
that's what matters that's the first step of just breaking the stereotype so what this was yeah yeah like you said like on the companies and it's for them making sure that we feel safe to talk about it because like for example if i was getting sexually harassed or anything like that like i want to feel comfortable going to my higher-ups going to hr and reporting it because a lot of people don't report it because they're like they're not going to believe me that's the first thing it's always the first thing or i don't feel safe because the person whoever is doing it might be a higher up and they're going to prefer their word over mine. It's always a he said, she said type of situation. And if you feel like that going in, you're not going to want to say anything. You're not going to want to talk about it. And so it's going to happen to so many other women or other mm-hmm. people. And that's how it keeps going. So we need to stop doing that. And it needs to be a safe environment where we can go and report these issues and know that something's going to be done about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I, I also think that like part of that is... Uh, part of talking about it is also kind of um learning about it as well yeah. because there's a lot of people a lot of men who don't even like really understand that what they do can come off as sexual harassment you know yeah because like they've never been told you know like like something so simple as like touching someone's arm or like when you're move, like you know in your club and you're trying to move, like, ask someone excuse me like when guys grab girls hips you don't need to Mm-hmm. And that's like, and that is like sexual harassment. However, some of these men don't realize that they don't, they don't understand that. So I think education also definitely plays a big part yeah. when it comes to breaking that, like breaking that, you know. Because yeah. also like something I do know is that especially when it comes, um, whenever it comes to like companies, there's a there's a like glass ceiling, you know, especially with women, like just like the fact that you can't like. Yeah, there's a glass ceiling. There's 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 positions that you are unable to reach, you know, just due to your gender or your or your like your race, your ethnicity, sexual orientation, anything like that, mm-hmm. you know. That's true. It's a yeah, like I said, it's a it's a work in progress, though. You know, there's still a lot of cases of that, and you know, it's just let's just hope that. At least me, I hope that it continues to get better. The help is still there. And I mean, like referring back to the industry, you know, that's uh, it's going to be a really hard stereotype to break. But that's what we're here for. It's why we're chingonas. <laughs> One thing about chingonas, though, that I, I kind of wanted to uh, talk about is like um, the whole mental like mental health aspect of it. Oof, yes. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're like, uh, should Ooh. I take notes for my therapy? <laughs> hey, every day. Um. <laughs> yeah, you just recently started therapy, huh, Hillary? Yes, sir. How's that? How's that? <laughs> um, it's uh, it was a really hard decision. Um, I guess it. I say it's a hard decision because um. Me as a person, I am not the type of person to really talk about my issues or my problems unless it's with my close friends and family and it's when I want you to know. So getting to therapy, I knew that I was going to have to change that. Yeah, it wasn't going to be your choice to be vulnerable. Yeah, and the reason I got into it was because I think I just got into a time of my life. And I think, I mean, I feel that this pandemic definitely hit a lot of people to get into therapy because if I was correct, this past year was the most that people have gone to therapy because we were, I think we took a lot of that, 
you know, alone time and finding out that, damn, I'm fucked up. Like, <laughs> I got some issues that I already knew I had, but, like, they're getting worse. And that's exactly what happened to me, where it's, like, you know, a lot of stuff was happening, especially in the month of April. And I was just, I was so, uh, like, you know, emotionally unavailable. Like, I just was crying so much. I was nonstop crying. And I just... In some way, it's sad, but I felt like I wasn't that chingona anymore. And that's really sad for me to say because that's the term that I relate so much to. So when I felt like that strength was leaving me, like, I'm like, okay, I think I got to look into therapy because I, I need to figure out what's going on. And a lot of it's because of health issues that I have. Like, it's the fear that, you know, if I do this, I'm going to get sick. If I do that, I'm going to get sick. If I, what if I go into this industry, I get sick. Like, am I going to die in this industry because I'm going to allow that? You know, like, uh-huh. so it's that fear of me getting sick. If some of you don't know out there, I was diagnosed with lupus about two years ago and I'm still struggling with it today. Luckily, everything's controlled, but I think now it's like phase two of it. So for those who don't know, I was diagnosed with lupus like two years ago and I feel like I feel better because obviously it's controlled and I'm still taking medication, but I feel like I'm in phase two right now where now it's like affecting my mental health, if that makes sense, where like now I feel it up here and it's like, it's the fear of it now and I try so hard not to get to this point, but I was like, fuck, like, I'm going to seek, I'm going to have to seek help because I, even talking to my doctor the last time, because I had to contact her because I was like, I need to go on medical leave. Like, I don't, I don't want to be at work. I just need to have some time to myself. And I was legit crying to her. And she, (laughs) while I was was at Disneyland, (laughs) she was like. I had a, like I had my meeting with her and she literally was just like, you know, the last couple of months I've been seeing you, I've been noticing that you've been very like depressed and you have a lot of anxiety and I think it's time for you to go to therapy. And I'm like, well, you're really telling me this at Disneyland right now. And I started, I was like, oh my God. I was like, okay. And she referred me and I, I mean, I, I've only had one session so far, but it was definitely like okay, I'm just going to have to do it. I'm just going to have to talk to somebody and see what they tell me and see what I can do because there's no way that I'm going to go into this industry where it's literally a doggy dog world and be like this because I would literally break and I don't want to do that to myself. My Myself and my body deserves more than that. But yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I mean, definitely <laughs> when it comes to therapy, like, you you did take a big like that's a big step and that's a really important mm-hmm. step because like it's totally valid too you know what you have is not what a lot of people go through and you've already had it for two years and like you said you feel like in you're in phase two which i i'm i'm in phase one barely you know like i like right now i'm, I'm barely at the point where i'm trying to get stabilized but i could already see myself having um slight anxiety whenever i feel anything funky in my yeah. body and that's where it starts you know yeah. and it's because like the doctors literally put it into your head like oh if you feel something go to the hospital oh if you do this to go to the hospital or you see this like 
So every little thing, like, I'm just like, holy shit, I have this, I have that, I have, you know, I got cancer, I got, oh, like, literally yeah. there's so many thoughts go to my head. So when situations in my life happen, my body is the first thing to react. But I think it's because I make it react, if that makes sense. Like, when Caesar was going through his situation, that's where I feel like everything just went down here for me, because... I was dealing with stuff here. I was dealing with stuff at work. Sold. My kitty was sick. So it was just a lot that was happening. And I was just like, damn. Like, my yeah. whole body was yeah. Dude, going down I there. noticed. Me, my mom, my sister, we noticed that, like, she was, she was, like, had she had a lot less energy going. She was moodier than usual. Yeah. She was getting a little pale, like. And we all thought it was because of the lupus, you know? And she thought, like she, like, she thought so, too. That's why she talked to her doctor. But then the doctor ended up telling her that, like, you know, based off the blood test, her lupus is still stable. So all of these symptoms are fall under mental health, you know, fall yeah. under anxiety and depression. And it's crazy how, like, anxiety and depression had those physiological reactions to you. Yeah. And, I mean, well, and it's totally valid, too, you know? You know, your body stores trauma, like yeah yeah and it, yeah and it manifests physically that's why when you're saying all of that i'm like yeah that's anxiety yeah <laughs> like i mean i already knew like that i dealt with anxiety since yeah. freaking college so because obviously i've dealt with it back then with the stress and anxiety but i definitely feel like since i've gotten lupus it's just progressively getting worse mm -hmm. but also i'm the type of person that i refuse to take medication because yeah. i don't want I'm already taking enough. Yeah. To those who don't know what lupus patients take for medication, I take about 10 to 12 pills a day. That's a fucking lot for a person to take. Yeah, same and way. I've been taking it for two years now. Yeah. So I'm used to it. So I don't want to take medication for depression and anxiety, which is going to numb me if that's the opposite of what I'm taking. I'm going to therapy for. I'm sure there's different medications because I haven't made knowledge. Like, I, I don't know about it. I haven't done research about it. So I don't want to talk down to those who do take medication because that's everybody's own decision. But me personally, it's just like, you know, the most important thing to me is my life. And is my it's like my mind. It's my personality, like being with people and being myself. And I just feel like I just don't think I'll be myself like that. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to therapy and seeing how that goes. And. You know, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping it does help me and to kind of stop thinking about that because, you know, it's very emotional to know that I'm still dealing with that. I'm still dealing with lupus. I'm still dealing with the mental health of it. And it's just like, you know, I want to win my Oscar still. I want to be right next to my chingonas in the future and with my fellow community of filmmakers and do my films but i don't want to be in fear that i'm gonna die because i got i, I got sick again yeah because i feel like i got really lucky the last time so i don't want to do it again because i almost i feel like i'm always getting sick and i just don't want that to happen every two years something happens so let's just pray the next two years feel oh fine <laughs> yeah, let's hope. damn dude that's crazy yeah i mean like definitely when it uh I think what you you can what you can get out of therapy is what you struggled with when it comes to being vulnerable and you choosing whether or not. 
Because sometimes, like, if you're extremely overwhelmed where you're crying every day, you may not, like, you didn't tell me any of this. I didn't know you were crying every day and I live with you. You know, like, that's, that, that should be something that you could use people that you care about to kind of, like, help you. Like, hey, like, I cry today at work. I feel so overwhelmed. Like, you know, like, hey. And, in, but, like, what sucks is, like, okay, so I had a conversation with my mom about this about last week uh-huh. on how, especially, like, um, at least I'm just speaking with Hispanics, you know, because uh, that's the culture I grew up in. But a lot of times we're not really, like, taught, like, how to deal with emotions and just emotional intelligence in general at a young age. 100%. And because of that, we are left responsible doing that as adults. Yeah. You know? And that's something that, like, me, Hillary, and Nicole, unfortunately, it's not my parents' fault, but we just weren't taught that at a young age to deal with emotions, process them, communicate with them. Yeah. You know? All of this is, like, has to do with emotional intelligence. And that's something that's, like, it's, it's a fairly new concept. Yeah. You know? And it, um, it definitely, like, it's... It's new, you know. So like these people, like these these people who grew up in these older generations, don't know what that means. Yeah, I think for me when I started there, because I've been going to therapy for about a year now. I think I started in, I want to say like April or May. Oh, of we had last a Facetime year. about that. Yeah. <laughs> she like Facetime be like, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm doing go therapy. therapy. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it was it was hard to decide that one because like financially, I wasn't sure if I could afford it. Oh, um, so you know, like therapy is so expensive, mm-hmm. and I understand if some people don't go to it because they can't afford it. You know, yeah. not not everyone can afford it, um, but I think it's such a necessity for everyone because it's mental health, and yeah, ev- everyone deals with mental, mental health. health. Exactly. Yes. So when I decided, I was. I was like my lowest of my low. Um, I and mean, you don't think your our lowest was in school because we went through no, a lot yeah. of shit there. No, dude. Well, like because in high school I used to deal with. I mean, and I I wouldn't I, I say deal with, but I wouldn't really deal with it. But I know that I had a lot of um, depression. Mm-hmm. So and you, you a experienced lot of, it, but you never processed it. Yeah, yeah. I experienced it, but I never Same. processed it. And I had like a lot of suicidal thoughts, but I mean, I. N- I can't say I never did anything about that because I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I have attempted, but, um, you know, all is well. Yeah, unsuccessfully, <laughs> Unsuccessful, yeah. Um, Thank God, bitch. I would have brought you back and <laughs> hit you myself. <laughs> but, no. And, and yeah, like, last year I was at, like, my bottom of the lowest of the low. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm at a point in my life where I'm technically an adult. And I say technically because I'm still learning to be an adult. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we are always learning. <laughs> learning, yeah. And Girl, especially, yes. in the, especially in the 20s. Yeah. Like, that's where you're that's barely <laughs> learning. Like, Even though they say you're started. an adult, quote-unquote, quote 18, unquote. you're like, lies. Bitch. I'm like, dude, I think last I was 13 week, still at 18. I'm like, I'm like, last week I had to raise my hand to go to the bathroom. And you're telling me I'm adult now? Okay, sure, sure, Bob. Me telling my manager, I'm going to go restroom. They're just like, okay. <laughs> right just be polite (laughs) (laughs) but yeah but like so I I did I went through that and then I I started going to therapy and it was helping I think a lot of it a lot of what I had to deal with was learning to reach out because like Hillary like I I don't want I don't know how to process my emotions I barely now just learning how to do that that's true Um, my go-to was um bury my emotions and then find comfort 
my biggest thing is food. That's so, true. dude, I would get up in the middle of the night, steal my mom's car, and drive to McDonald's and grab a bite to eat if I wasn't feeling well. And then come back home, pretend I didn't take her car, but I did. <laughs> and she always knew because I didn't know how to park it. <laughs> and she's like, all in the morning, ca- she's like, why are you taking my car? At LA, we were always eating. Yeah. I and gained so, like, weight. My way of coping <laughs> was through food. Dude, yeah. yeah, mine too. And like, yep. that's not healthy. That's not yeah. a healthy way to process. And you were these taking things. like, like a, I don't know what. It's not food therapy, but what oh was no. It? So it's called it's called Overeaters Anonymous, and I'm still doing that. It's like, it's basically like Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a support group, and you follow a 12 step program, mm-hmm. and the, you know there's literature, and um, fellowship, and you get a sponsor, and it's it's like a whole thing. Um, and I was doing that in college, but yeah. I stopped doing that uh, because a big thing about it is spirituality and, you know, finding your higher power, whether that's like a religious God or not a religious God, mm-hmm. depending on each, it's each individual person's like perception of what a higher power is. Um, but at the time, my, my cousin had passed away and I completely lost my faith in my higher power because my cousin was my age when she died and it was like fucked up the way that it happened and I just couldn't believe that God could take her you know so I completely fell off with that but that was actually helping me a lot coping with a lot of my emotions because I had found a group of people who understood what I was going through and understood Mm -hmm. that like my way of comfort was food because a lot of people don't get that like I don't like I don't know but like some people can just eat and then they're good and they're full and they don't have to touch food again until their next meal and I can't do that (laughs) Like, I'll eat, and then I'm like, I can go for a little more, or I can go for a snack, like, an Mm -hmm. hour later, you know, and that's just because I know that inside I'm feeling horrible. Yeah. And I'm feeling sad or angry or whatever emotion. I think I remember when you came up to me and told me, I think we were doing storyboarding for my film. Yeah. Like, torn. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, (laughs) But I remember we were storyboarding, and we were just, we were legit eating pizza. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite one. And I was, and you just came out and told me. And at first I was like super confused because I never heard about that. I was like, yeah. what? Like, Anonymous. And I never noticed that, <laughs> I never noticed that about her, like that she overeats or she just keeps on eating. Because I, yeah. I would just think like, oh, this girl likes to eat. Like, you know, I don't think like, I don't think any of you of it. Yeah. But I just remember we were talking for a good while. I think that was the first time I've actually seen like Irene cry. Like yeah, that was I the first time, cry, yeah. Like she was actually <laughs> crying, and I and that's how I knew, I'm like, damn, okay, like, yeah. And I asked, hard. and like that, that's where I mean, like that. This is our group of friends because she legit came to all of us and was like, help me out, like, yeah. Because I mean, part of it is abstinence, you know, so like, you had, like a self intervention. Yeah, I yeah. had to. Well, because well, it was first this was in me. college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And first then we, I think we were at school, and then we talked, like, she brought it up to their group. Yeah, and I had to because, one, for me, like, one of the things is abstinence. So, like, alcoholics don't drink alcohol. Like, I, there were certain foods that I couldn't eat. that, And we would go out and eat sometimes, and yeah. I couldn't eat those foods. And I felt weird hiding it. Or, like, you know, they would offer me, I'm like, no. And they're like, are you sure? And I, and I wanted to say yes, but I knew my boundaries. And I'm like, I can't have that food because as soon as I do, I can't stop eating it. Yeah. Like, I just keep going and going and going. And I'm like, fuck, it's fucked up. But that's just how I'm wired in my head. Um, and so, like, after my cousin passed away and I completely lost the faith in my higher power, I dropped off. And I just kind of spiraled after that. And then 
the rock bottom was last year. Um, please don't laugh at me. <laughs> the Girl. rock bottom was with my cat. <laughs> I think that was my rock bottom because oh, I decided to go in therapy yeah. when like soul was sick and that's something like my brother didn't realize i don't think you've ever realized it but my mom knew because she was just like okay dude it's like i something's wrong with her because she's so like overly emotional yeah that anytime i even like in my first therapy session when i like when i immediately mentioned soul i cried i was i broke down and i started crying so much like right now i want to tear up because it's just like it's just those things that you're like holy shit like that pets my other half you know yeah. like that's what got me into therapy because i'm like okay i need to fucking do something because this is all messed up right now <laughs> yeah dude it's because i realized at that point when he got sick and he needed his operation like well one i was a stupid adult because i didn't have savings <laughs> so i had to indebt myself me. to save him um but i i just couldn't lose him because he was the one thing in my life up to that point that brought me joy like anytime I would see him happiness I was filled with happiness and I'm like I can't lose that I lose that and like I'm fucking done you yeah. know so you know I had to do a fundraiser to save his ass but we did it yeah. he you know he got How his operation he he's fully recovered and a lazy piece of shit <laughs> 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 but I love him for it <laughs> but yeah and so like when that happened last year I'm like I need help and that was the first time in a long time that I had made a decision for myself and for mm-hmm. my well-being um which was mind-blowing to me because I'm like how how the heck have I gone these like 25 years and like never thought once to get myself out yeah or like to think about myself and what yeah. I need you know and I was like you know what I need this and so I looked into different ways to get counseling because again like I said I was kind of broke after that operation <laughs> and I'm like what can I afford and what is going to help me because the OA program is completely free you know you go in and you know they do have like a little like donation thing that you can do but you don't have to do that um but at that point like I was still mad at my higher power about what happened with my cousin and I still hadn't honestly processed her her death and I didn't grieve because at the time of when it happened I was in the middle of finals at school oh shit so my we had just i had to com- film that day too yeah and i had to compartmentalize day. that that word we're yeah. like okay i had to put her grief and like everything that i was feeling about her in a box until i got through my exams because again mental health <laughs> like uh, in the back of my head i've always thought i cannot fail my classes and i cannot mm-hmm. you know not pass them yeah. Um, because there's always that pressure of like, you know, my parents are immigrants and they didn't come here for me to be stupid. <laughs> I think that's the and, main, yeah. like the main thought through our and, group's heads. A yeah. Lot of the time like, I like, have to pass. We have to my make class. it. I'm, I might be, you know, grieving over here, but like I need to mm-hmm. get through these finals and I need to pass with all good grades. Yeah. Because if I don't, I'm a failure. You know, that's always been in the back of my head. And so I never dealt with her grief until I got to my therapy last year and mind you she had already been uh I think it'd been a few years already yeah I want to say like two or three years I think it's three years I know yeah I think it's I mean better late than never yeah you know to be honest <laughs> yeah because or else like you said like that trauma there it, it, it stays and it's manifested yeah. into other things who knows yeah. what long-term consequences that has already done but like who knows how much what like what other what else it could have done or like you know yeah. like 
that's really good yeah. yeah, I mean, also mental health was school. That's a huge thing because oh I just finished my... Honestly, I feel like we should be... I know they offer at school, but I think it should be, like, in our faces, like, hey, come over here to the booth. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me. Let's see what's up because I think in some way in our own group, we were each other's therapists. Yeah, we kind of had to <laughs> Yeah, we had no other choice but to, like, each one of us in our group was just, you know... Anytime we were at the study, like at the study labs or outside, we'd just talk. Everybody gets going through issues, we'd just listen. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have that this semester. I, <laughs> I, I just finished my last full-time semester for my bachelor's, Ooh. and uh, this was probably the most challenging semester, yeah. to be honest. I mean, okay, like this semester, like justifiably so, like I was diagnosed with lupus, I was hospitalized for a week. Mm-hmm. Um I, I and it was during the middle of a pandemic doing everything online like it totally makes sense why but like in the middle of the semester so the semester started January by like March I just completely lost all motivation productivity creativity yeah for school and I legit like do not even so I showed up to lecture but in two months I think I only did like one or two homework assignments oh damn yeah and like is is not because I didn't want to, because I would sit down in front of my laptop, read the assignment, read the rubric, but I had no like, there was no mental capacity in me that would like help, that would give me the energy to like do what I needed to do. Yeah. So I mean, what I did, which I would recommend people doing, is like talk to your professors. Yeah. You know, if you're not willing to like go outside of your way with the resources are given, like the like the first resource is the actual class you know like the professor and i'm so grateful my professors all of them were were understanding you know i met up with them with office hours legit like every two weeks mm-hmm. i told them what was going on i told them the truth i'm like to be honest like it's it's hard I, i'm struggling right now like i have no like motivation no energy to do homework like i don't know what to do and i failed before i i was kicked out of school you know so i understand what failure means i understand how it feels that is the worst feeling I, I do not wish that upon anyone, you know. I do, because that's how you learn. Hey. Honestly, <laughs> failure. You, you, was you that grow. Yoda quote? Failures are the greatest teachers. Period. And yeah, I mean, my failure taught me to reach out, mm-hmm. you know. So th- when this, so like I noticed slowly, I started practicing emotional intelligence and what I'm like, because what I'm learning is communication. I'm like, all right, like, let me yeah. practice that. Not just, fun, not just remember the terms, but like, how can I implement what I'm learning in my life? Yeah. So I started um like listening and also just paying attention to like what are my patterns of behaviors and I realized like holy shit what I'm doing right now is what I did my first year in college and what happened my first year of college I got kicked out. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, yeah. this is probably not the best thing for me. Yeah. Long story short though, I fucking passed all my classes. Hey. You know, hey. and congratulations. Thank you. And not even with horrible grades. Like I'm pretty happy with what I got, mm-hmm, you know. Yeah. And uh just the fact that, like, you know, I, I almost fucking died. <laughs> and, like, passed all my classes. <laughs> you know? So, like, I was like, dude, I was like, I'm super, like, proud of myself. I'm proud of you. Damn. I'm proud of you. And I think, I mean, reflecting back to kind of talking to somebody, I feel the same way with, like, my current job. You know, I was very lucky to have had three incredible managers who have gotten to know me the past couple years since I worked with Disney. And they were people luckily that were so understanding of what i was going through 
you need compassion and you know like around you. i think that's one thing that any corp like and that's and it sucks because very hard to find in corporates in any job like a good manager cares about you and i was really lucky to have had three that were very supportive and just understood what i was going through would ask like hey what's up like you're not acting like yourself and mm-hmm. i would talk like they were the three i was uh, end up crying because i was like oh my god why are you asking me what i'm doing and i'm yeah. like tell them my whole issues and and as i mean you appreciate those kind of people who give the time to understand you mm-hmm. you know because it's really hard to find those people yeah and it's even harder if like you don't even like let those people in or try to help you yeah know? Like, if you say like if how you're doing it, you're like i'm doing okay like a lot of times people aren't doing okay they just don't want to like say it out loud because saying it out loud makes it feel more real yeah i feel like at least for me when i say it out loud that's i think that's, that's when the tears Im- start coming out that's when like, <laughs> the like the mo- that's when the emotions start coming out because like once the words come out the emotions come out yeah, yeah. because if you're not saying anything everything is, is in is in there is in a box mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah and that's what's scary box but like it's like a Pandora box. You're like, yeah. I don't want to open wanna, this. I can't even look. But it's open. It, it's open now. And I'm just like, whatever, I yeah. guess. I've been, I've been opening it slowly through therapy. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean that's, a, that's, that's what you have to do slowly, you know? Because, yeah. like, scary. especially if, like, if it's so much added trauma, you don't know what's under the rock. Yeah. So it's you better if you just look under trauma. the rock. Like, you wouldn't think you had trauma. Dude, like, but, yeah. But you, you do, do, though. Like, when you I think know. about it. Yeah. I think that's one thing I'm nervous about therapy is that they're going to start asking me questions. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> I don't want to go back to that trauma. And, but, and, but, I but, like, guess. what's so beneficial is that those questions help you understand a new perspective that might have been, like, in, like, an indirect correlation of what you're doing. Yeah. True. Yeah, you learn to reprocess that situation and, and kind of look at it through a different perspective, like mm-hmm. like he said, you know, because... Um, and I like that. I mean, that's the type of personality I am. And that's exactly what I told, like, the therapist. I'm like, because she asked me, <clears throat> excuse me, she asked me, like, what do you want out of therapy? I love that question. And I just had to sit there and I'm like... <laughs> And I thought about it because I'm like, no, let me think about it. And I even told her, let me think about it. <laughs> like, yeah. And I told her, honestly, like, I just want somebody to give me a different perspective of what I'm feeling. Yeah. I don't want you to tell me, oh, yeah, you're right to feel like that or anything like that. I just want to know that what's a different perspective that I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking all in here in my head. I'm thinking yeah. what I'm, you know, what everyone thinks I'm right. Hello, that's my Virgo self. Because I always think I'm right. Because it's your life. And my my personality. It's all about my life. It's my life. Exactly. I've been through it. Like, I'm right. I'm the one going through this. I'm the victim. I'm going through this, you know? But I told her, like, I'm I'm always the type of person, even at, like, and it comes from where it comes from my professional life. I mean, it comes from me just filming. It's like, I like to see different perspectives. So that's what I want to see about my own life. What is your your professional perspective of what's happening? Obviously, and I told her, obviously, do I think you're going to cure me? No. And okay, and like, th- I feel like that's a misconception with yeah, therapy that, like, they're not there to, like, fix you. you. No. Yeah. They're there to guide you. Exactly. You know, and give you a new perspective. And I think yeah. that's where I knew I need to go to therapy. Yeah, and they're also there to teach you tools to cope yes. with it. Because I think a lot of us don't know how to cope with what we're going through. Um, and so we don't know how to respond to it, how to yeah. react to it. And sometimes it can... It can be like self-destructive. I I know I did a lot of that. 
Girl, I'm um, right there with you. And yeah, and like that's what I've been learning too. Because when they asked me that question, like, what do you want out of therapy? My first response was, I want to have better relationships with the people I care about. Exactly. Because I've always, <laughs> I've always had them at arm's length, whether it be my family, whether it be my friends. I'm sure Hillary can tell you, like, how many times I never opened up. I know. <laughs> I literally had to, like, pinch the fuck out of her and be like, just tell me, bitch. Like, yeah. I'm not going to judge you. And, and for me, it wasn't about, like, because I always knew, like, yeah. she's not going to judge me. For me, it was, like, how do I say this out loud? Because even I didn't want to face it. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, yeah. how the fuck? After she told me that, like, I understood. So I, at least, Irene taught me how to be like this with other people, where it's like, they're gonna tell you when they're ready. Yeah. And I've, I've started even saying that to people when they can't say things. I'm like, you tell me when you're ready. I've told you this. I've told Nicole that. I've told my mom and that. But mom's very open, so she tells me every day (laughs) at the spot. But I always say like, tell me when you're ready, because I'm not gonna force you to come out with all these demons that you have because all yeah. of us have got demons inside yeah. of us 100%. yeah and then also what's important too is kind of like um we we slightly talk about this um that when it comes to people expressing how they feel also to kind of be aware of uh what is it that they want do they want a response or do they just want someone to listen because mm-hmm. sometimes like if it's your first time saying something out loud you may not want to hear like yeah. yeah a response if you just want to say it out loud yeah. which is yeah, completely fine and valid listen. you know like invalid yeah don't give me advice i don't want your advice and that's just what listen. that's what i was telling <laughs> caesar exactly that that i was telling him like he me both him and i are very good on people coming out to us and talking to us mm-hmm. however i tell caesar that him personally has to learn how to not only listen to what they say it's like key words they say and their mannerisms when you see both of them when you hear the key words then you can respond rather advising them or just sitting there and listening to them and telling them your feelings are valid you're valid yeah like and that's something i always tell my friends like because there's times that i know that they don't want my advice and why am i going to give them my advice when they just want to vent yeah. They even tell me, I just want to vent. I tell them, yeah. girl, that's good. Yeah. Like, vent all the way. Like, I'm not going to judge you. You do you. Like, if you're feeling angry, yeah, judge. Like, you know, vent out for me. It's fine. Like, because yeah. sometimes people just want to say something. Yeah. You know? But it's the it's the key words they use. It's the mannerisms they use. And that's how I dealt with all my friends. I mean, Irene, Irene was done by that, where yeah. I can always tell you, like, you know, it's a difference where if I advise you, it's because you're asking for it. Yeah, my rule is unless they're blatantly asking me, I need your advice on this. Yes. I don't need to be giving them my advice because <laughs> they don't want it. But what, like, so, like, does advice and perspective, is it the same thing? I don't think so because no. you have your opinion about stuff and yeah. that's yeah. fine. But when they're asking for advice, they're asking mm-hmm. you what to do. What do I do in the situation? and how like help me figure this out yeah okay i'll help you perspective is more like say they're telling you a story and they kind of just want validation that you've gone through something like that be like hey i went through this with irene and blah 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 and i'm like oh yeah i've had yeah i know or i'll be like oh i've had a similar situation with this person so they know like oh okay i'm not the only one that's gone through it Mm -hmm. you know like so there's a different, there's like three different things you could do with somebody like in that situation. Rather just listen, be like, feelings are validated or, 
I advise you to, or, oh, I get you, this is, this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're overpowering their situation. You're just kind of helping them, whoever the person is, just you're giving advice or quote unquote, just helping them yeah, out. Something I've been practicing is just um, kind of like asking for more elaboration, you know, with yeah. the person, but not like basic elaboration about like what, what's like, how can I put my perspective? Like, how can I use my perspective and ask him for elaboration to like, help create help them help them see a, a different perspective that's a good way is it sometimes it's kind of hard though oh yeah i mean totally but like also the, so that like, helps with no, processing though i don't want to tell you anymore i just want to no i just, <laughs> I don't just want to talk about this anymore yeah like literally that <laughs> well i mean in the middle of venting like when it comes that's to keywords true. that's like something that i'm learning you know is yeah. is um instead of responding is uh is uh asking for elaboration mm-hmm. with keywords so like if there's something that i realize like whoa 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 like let's go back on that like that like this blah 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 blah, blah you know or just like take no mental yeah. note like yeah okay they said that they said this okay let me go back to that yeah so. it's also knowing your audience because i know who i'm gonna go to if i want to yeah. talk to about whatever you know about whatever topic. Or sometimes you don't i mean at least to me for some reason <laughs> i am the person that People like to come talk to people. It's your beautiful, kind face. I guess so. I, I think... don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, and don't get me wrong. I do like. I don't ever push a person away. Like, that's not my personality. Like, I, as much as I hate to admit, but I am a sociable person. Not that I hate to admit it. It's just sometimes it's just like. Sometimes I'm not sociable. Like, I just want to be by myself because I am a homebody. But You're really social outside of the home. Yeah. Like if of it's, the home, no. If it's at work. <laughs> True that. <laughs> just kidding. Can't really. But, you know, it's... Yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Because <laughs> you threw me off with that. <laughs> I just had to do a jab. Because, uh, yeah. I mean, it's funny because um, I, I guess when it comes to me, you, and our little sister, you have more, like... I'm very straight up with you guys. Yeah, well, no, I'm straight up like, anyway. With being but... social, though, like, you're really social outside of the home, but you're also an extreme homebody. I am sure. not a homebody. I'm extreme. I'm like, I'm extreme. Like, on the social aspect, you're a little bit more balanced. My little sister, that's why they, we're still trying to figure that out. That's why they always say, like, the introvert, extrovert. I'm always in the middle. Because there's well, it, times that I'm, like, super out there, and there's times I'm just like, no, I'm shy. Yeah, well, I'm shy. I mean, that's I'm always shy. It's because the thing is that, like, I feel just in general in life, we have to stop labeling shit in the binary because it's yes. a spectrum. Like introverted yeah. and extroverted, it's a fuck. It's a spectrum. Like there is no black and white yeah. in anything in life. Mm-hmm. You know, so like whenever people say like, "Oh yeah, I'm an int- I'm an introvert," until you know, until you know me that I'm extroverted, I'm like, that's not like. I don't think people like who say that truly understand what introvert or extroverted means because obviously, yeah. once you're comfortable with someone you are like extroverted because you show yourself to them yeah but like being extroverted is is having that level of comfort you know obviously to a degree with people that you don't know yeah i have a story about that oh please So when i was a kid i was so at home apparently i don't remember this because i blocked out my childhood i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm dead but, talking over therapy about okay. it right now but we block it I'm hello therapist like <laughs> we she called out there she's like um so let's talk about childhood because yeah. i just know that Dude, just send your therapist Dude. this podcast and we're like, working hey, our way like, towards that yeah <laughs> she, she listens to this podcast be like 
Okay, bitch. She has a lot of notes. We're going to phase two, bitch. You need yeah. you need the extra help. Three, you got yeah. the big guns. I got to take out the big guns yeah. with you. Okay, so the story. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So when no, I was a kid. Okay, so my story. So when I was younger, when I was a child, uh, I was like super talkative and I used to love to sing, which I still do. Not very good, but I still do it. Um, and I started kindergarten. <laughs> and uh, a few months in, the teacher called my mom to the to the school, and was asking if I can get tested. And my mom's like, "For what?" And they're like, "Well, you know, we think she might have like a learning disability, um, or she might be mute because she never speaks." And my mom was like, "What? What do you mean?" And she's like, "She never talks." And she looked at me. She's like, "Are you sure you're talking about my daughter?" And the teacher was like, "Yeah." She's like, she she's doesn't like, shut up. Yeah. And I was like, "She never shuts up at the house. All she does is sing and laugh and like talk and talk and talk." And the teacher was like so confused. And I just thought that shit was so funny because they thought I was mute, and I needed to be tested because I just wouldn't speak. But I just thought like that reminded me because you guys said like you know you have your boundaries of like with social you know um what was i saying with social like with extra ex- introvert yeah, and extroverted introvert and extroverted yeah and so like at school i was always the shy girl who wouldn't speak or raise my hand for anything hillary can tell you that because <laughs> that's how that's i was in college that's and funny because i i was all, like <laughs> and then, i mean we literally live the same life then because i also I got, I guess I was into speech classes because I was stuttering. So, basically, we both had trauma when we were younger. They're like, well, why isn't she speaking? And I was like, I don't know. Also, I think it's because English was my second language. Mm, <laughs> so, you know, I was like, Probably it's kindergarten. I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do preschool. Sorry, it's guys. Okay. I, I mean, I never knew that. <laughs> I never knew that by reading, but it's funny to hear it. Not funny, but interesting just because i'm like oh shit like you know i not that i wasn't mute but it was like i would talk but i would stutter mm-hmm. so like i had like a really bad stuttering yeah. like i would answer the phone i couldn't say even hi like it was so bad and i would have to go to like like they told me that i had like some sort of like speech dyslexia oh, okay, because yeah. it was just like uh it was a really bad stuttering but my mom was just like they wanted to put me into like special ed yeah and my mom was like fuck no <laughs> because i think you know i think it comes back to like the traditional latino you know where they don't believe in that kind of stuff like Dude, yeah. you know it's kind of looked down upon so my mom was just like my daughter's not gonna oh my daughter's not going to like be dumb you know yeah. like she's not dumb like she's she doesn't need that yeah and so I... she worked hard to teach me basically how to talk and now yeah. look at you she won't yeah. shut up i won't <laughs> shut up I'm oh, like, yeah. Damn. i definitely think there's that stigma with the older generation of uh like everything guess, <laughs> yeah with everything but like yeah like because in my family i know when i started therapy my dad's like why are you doing that why are you doing therapy you're not crazy and i was like you well, a little crazy. right <laughs> mom dude yes. i'm like oh my god i'm like low-key yeah. you made me crazy Dude, my so our, my aunt's a therapist, all right? Uh, yeah. And there was one time she posted on on her Instagram story is that 
people go to therapy to deal with other people who don't go to therapy exactly 100 percent yeah but yeah like and they don't get that and i mean i've i've had to learn to accept that you know because mm-hmm. they're not gonna change I their think opinions and stuff scared because yeah. i think cause my mom did the same thing i was surprised but i i'm so didn't expect anything less unfortunately i love my mom my mom is everything to me don't get me wrong but when i when i came i think i told caesar nicole first that i was gonna get into therapy because i think we were all together when i told yeah we're in the living room because i was just like i can't do this anymore like i need help and i'm gonna go seek out for it so they were very supportive and then I think another time when I had there, I had my therapy session. Um, I went to them. I started talking. My mom was there. I'm not gonna say what the therapist asked me, but my mom was just like, "Why would you say that?" And I'm just like, "What do you mean?" And she's just like, "She's like, they're gonna think you're like, they're gonna put you in a hospital. They're gonna think you're crazy. Like, you shouldn't say everything to them." I'm just like, "Mom, what do you think?" Like, what do you think therapy is? Like, yeah. I have, have to. Be, you have to be honest or else, like, what? Like, it's not going to be productive. Her, yeah. Yeah, and Caesar was there just, it's that, and said the exact same thing. She's like, no, but, like, they're going to think, like, they're going to want to put you in the hospital, blah, blah, I'm just like, no, like, I'm not, I'm not at that extreme. I was just answering a question, like, yeah. and I'm just like, and I, after that, me and Caesar, like, I think two nights later, we were talking about it. Yeah. And I think I like yeah I told you I'm like I think I'm just not gonna tell my mom about my therapy sessions because I don't think she's gonna understand I don't even think my dad understands he hasn't even asked me but he was up for it he was just like yeah like maybe you should you should do that like maybe that'll do good for you yeah but my I think my mom just has a fear of like other how others look upon that yeah I, you know yeah I totally get that I think it goes back also to that emotional intelligence. Of- is that I've learned that, like, my dad never learned that. Yeah, like, like yeah. he's a kind person, and, you know, he is how he is. But I know for a fact that he doesn't really know much about emotional intelligence. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah but I, because, yeah. you know, he grew up in that, like, his mode has always been survival mode. It's been this mm-hmm. mode where he, all he has to do is work and make money and, you know, provide for the family. And that's all he's ever known. And he's old now. That's all he's ever going to know. <laughs> Um, but mm-hmm. like my biggest thing is to break that because yeah, like sometimes I do feel bad that I'm going to therapy and it's because of things that he says or my mom says, but it's because they don't understand. And like a part of me wants to resent them for that or feel angry towards them. But at the end of the day, I know that it's because they don't understand it. Yeah. And I can't fault them for that because they didn't learn that themselves from their parents. You know? Yeah. So it's not their fault that they don't get why I'm trying to go to therapy and trying to better my mental mental health but mm-hmm. that's my job and like my generation yeah yeah because all of my cousins are i think all of them can't speak for all but most of them are doing therapy and, mm-hmm. and doing that and i always try to talk about it in front of like my nieces and nephews to normalize it yeah and the other day i felt so proud because my niece um uh, she recently experienced a like really traumatic event where she was attacked by a dog oh wow uh, a pit not, not, you know, just the stigma, but it's not the dog's fault either. Um, but yeah, she's like really afraid of dogs and she came up to me so excited and she's like, I'm going to start therapy. And dude, she came up to me so excited about that. And it's because I know that 
like me and my sister talk about it and try to normalize it and that's a normal thing and I was like hell yeah like join the club and she's like I'm still little though and I'm like that's okay everybody can go to therapy at any age and she was like okay and she was so happy about it and I'm like this is what I want I want to normalize it for my nieces and nephews because I don't want them to feel crazy or feel bad that they're trying to better their mental health even if it's from a young age you know yeah and then that moment i was like you know what all the shit that i get from my dad about going to therapy like worth it worth it for her and for her future you know Mm -hmm. and for the ones after that (laughs) yeah yeah that's very i want to add something with uh when it comes to like emotional intelligence and with like hispanics is um i think there's a there's a uh a false correlation between like when it comes to emotions like suppression equals strength and expression mm-hmm. equals weakness yep you know like just because like you're expressing how you feel like oh what like you can't like you're you're sad right now you're you're like you're depressed like what like yeah just suck it up just just keep pushing forward you know like everything's that, gonna be fine yeah, you're like that's exactly my it does not compute in my dad's head why like i could be crying why are you crying mind you sometimes it is because I'm watching a very emotional show <laughs> on TV. But whatever, man. Yeah, I mean, but other Let times, like, yeah. But other times, yeah, it's it's because of, like, dramatic things that have happened. And, and like, the only way I react to it is my body starts crying. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, why are you crying? Don't cry. I'm like, I have a chemical imbalance. And I was <laughs> like, bro, I can't help that tears are coming out of my eyes. <laughs> like, it yeah. just happens and also bias. like I forgot what it's called but there's a protein that comes out in tears that releases serotonin that like legit makes you feel better like after yes. crying I feel that it's so true because mm, everybody like I, I, I say this the most to Nicole because I know she she's like a she doesn't really cry a lot my, my sister is more I guess you know not that emotional mm-hmm but I say to her, and I've said it to a lot of people, where cry tonight. Like, if you need to cry, cry tonight. Cry it all out. Like, do we have to do, eat some ice cream, cry more, watch a sad movie, cry more. Mm-hmm. Pero mañana, like, tomorrow you wake up and do what you have to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm all about vulnerability. Put those emotions out. And especially when you're stressed out at work, especially when... You know, you're having your breakdowns at work or you're having your breakdowns in school. Like, you got to just let that shit out. Just let her out. Yeah, cry it out. Be mad. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you want to still be a chingona in the morning and be a chingona. Wake up and do what you got to do. Yeah. Like, you know, tomorrow wake up and wake up a stronger bitch, not a weaker bitch. That's Period. true. Facts. Facts. Yeah, and also because, like, when you bottle it up, that you're like a ticking time bomb and at any yes. point you can explode on someone that doesn't yes. deserve it that doesn't deserve Does, it and they don't even know what's happening they're like oh my god what did i do to make this person like come at me like this and yes. then you know in their head they're thinking oh my god like i'm so terrible yes. i made them mad at me i did whatever yes and they don't know that behind all of that like you're going through all this crap and you've been holding it in. and they just happen to be the person that brought the un- you to the that unfortunate point. like yeah. catalyst like to, yeah like, to, you're just there to like, everything else you're just like wait what did Dude, happen yeah. like, and then I'm like that's happening and after i'm just like i'm so sorry like that because so, i've done that so many times to my my younger sister bless her soul she still yeah. deals with me but i deal with her shit too <laughs> and i think that's and I'm like I'm i mean feel all of us do it you know even <laughs> yeah, me we all do it. We all do like it. even me who i am 
majority of the time I do express my emotions. I'm the first one to cry. Like my siblings know that. You know that. I'm the first one to cry. I'm the first one to express my emotions. However, I think it also depends on certain situations mm-hmm. that sometimes I just build up, especially when it's at work. Say like I'm really had a really stressful day and I just build it, build it, build it. And then I always feel bad because I always put it up on my siblings. <laughs> My siblings are my first targets, and I always feel bad after because they they, like, they know after I'll go t- I'll go to the room and be like, okay, I'm sorry, that was fucked up. Yeah, I put like, on check though in a healthy way. Good, good, I'm good. like, all right, that was not cool, and then they'll tell me that was like, well, Nicole would tell me be like, no, that's not fair, and we end up fighting. I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> no, that's my sister, so I love her. She's a little chingona in the making. Yeah, She's sister. learning too much. She's learning too much, though, girl. I'm like, damn create a monster <laughs> i know she's taking like a speed course on it too yeah. i swear that bitch is like a plus student what's up yeah. ap chingona or what? <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yeah no i mean it's definitely important to like be able to to teach people like at a younger age you know when like emotional intelligence and mental mm-hmm. and like, the importance of mental health because like something i always go back um, something I, I recently learned that helped me so much with, like, just the perspectives of, like, forgiveness, moving on, and learning is that a lot of times, like, the reason why mistakes happen and, like, and, like, people don't do, like, the best, like, they may have the best intentions, but they just genuinely do not know better. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I told my mom, like, when it, like, when it came to, so... Um, my first year in college, I left for a year at Chico State, which was about eight hours from home. And when I went there, I was kind of a piece of shit when it, when it came to uh, relational maintenance with my family. I was not one to call them, to really text them, even sometimes even answer their phones or like text. Like, it wasn't something I did out of spite. I just didn't put any effort or energy to it. Mm-hmm. And In party mode. <laughs> like, dude, I mean, I was a kid. I did not. I literally did not know better. You know, yeah. I was not taught that. So then I recently talked to my mom. Hey, like, you know, like, I just asked her how. I never asked her how'd she feel the year I was gone, and this and we had this conversation literally like a month ago, <laughs> and like this happened like five five six years ago, and like she finally like released everything that was going on. She's saying that like. It was it was messed up. It was so mean. Every single time I would call her, I would only call her when I needed money. Like, what kind of a scumbag was like? Am I like at eighteen years old? You know, my mom legit would tell me to, to call or text her because I guess I was the only person he would ever answer to. And I'm like, I didn't even notice because I was going to school myself. Yeah. And I was just like, I would be like, why don't you just text him? Like, dude, like I'm doing homework. And then she was like, he won't text me back. And I'm like, fine. So I'll text him. He'll always call, like. Majority of time he will answer me back, but I never understood why. But I was like, I guess. Yeah, I don't know either. But <laughs> I'm like, I guess. But but yeah. You uh, were both in school. You got it. And like going and like and. She always thought that he, Caesar was always more open with me. Like mm. she she thinks that my siblings listen to me more. I don't know why she thinks that. Because you're the big sister. Oh. I guess. But it's like that mentality she's always had. Like, she's always had that. Like, they, they listen to me. If I go talk to... My dad has the same mentality. Anytime Nicole does something wrong, if Caesar does, some, does something wrong, I'm the first one that has to go in there. Like, why do I have to go in there? Yeah, and, and that's <laughs> pro- that's part of the problem with communications yeah. that, like, they did that affected us, you know? Yeah. So, I like, when my mom was telling me all this, like, that, like, whenever I'll call her and ask for money, like, in her, in her head, she'll be so pissed. She's like, why the fuck is this the only time you're calling me? Mm-hmm. 
you know and and I told her like you you should have told me that like I 100% deserved you know hearing that especially from you my mother how messed up it is to call, to only call you when I need something and not to call you just to check up yeah you know and I told her like my mom like you did not know better you know like I, I unfortunately when I went to Chico I did not really know the importance of like calling and checking up and like you know like and asking and like you know like just relational maintenance and yeah. this is something that I learned in college something I learned with my major and taking all these classes you know mm-hmm. and when and, and she was telling me like oh like like you're gonna experience the exact same thing with your kids you'll learn yeah, you'll get it one day and in my head I'm, and, I, and not in my head but I responded to like mom like I, my, 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 my goal is to, if I have kids like to not go, go through this like I'm gonna like try my best to teach them at a young age to communicate how they feel to understand the importance of relational maintenance like Mm -hmm. things i did not know better that i do now i'm gonna teach them you know and like it's not your fault i do not blame you you genuinely did not know better and i understand that sadly like what happened when i was 18 like it was a product of a lot of different things you can't take back yeah but like look at us now yeah you know that's true yeah i've learned i've grown yeah, you know, like, it's, I mean, it takes time, you know, it's just, yeah, definitely, it's really important to start at a young age, you know, and with mental health and uh, emotional intelligence, those are the two things that I think are super, super important when it, when it comes to, like, relationships and, yeah. like, and the quality of life, because, like, relationships is directly correlated to your quality of life. If you have yeah. shitty relationships, you're gonna have a shitty life. That's and there's so no perfect relationship. Yeah, like, I if, think... There's no perfect family image. There's no perfect relationship. It's all a learning process. I think even... I know everyone's not going to have kids. She's going to be a cat lady. But I know, like, for people who do want to have kids, you know, it's just about teaching them what we know and being open to learning what they're going to... What they're going to learn in the future. You know, because who knows where mental health is going to be at that point. You know, it's slowly, progressively being more important. And that's the good thing. Now it's just being important to jobs and yeah, exactly. industries and yeah, corporate. I mean, it, it's a slow process, you know, but yeah. I mean, slowly we're seeing the change, you know, exactly. and like yeah. as and like, I mean, if you notice too, like the trend when it comes to like every generation as every generation comes, so does like progress and, yeah. and change, you know, like these Gen Z kids are way more open Mm-hmm. compared to us millennials and us millennials as are much way as more people open, complain like, about them we have to give it at least up to the younger generations that they're willing to listen and they're real they're willing to learn and test the boundaries and yeah. trailblaze yeah. to become better yeah i mean a dude, better society these kids are gonna change the world you know mm-hmm. like we're, i've always said that i yeah. would tell nicole like, like millennials like we're, we're slowly doing it but like Gen Z's, like once the baby boomers all die, and like and like these Gen and like, and like us millennials and, and, and like, because dude, these baby boomers are the ones that don't let the change happen. That's why change yeah. is so slow. Because these people are in power, they don't let like they don't let this change happen. That's true. You know, like once people like are, I mean, once people our age start getting to these positions of power, that's when change starts to happen yeah, because we are more true. open to change. Yeah. You know, that, that's why it's such happens. a slow process. That's why it's such a slow process. Like yeah. people. You know, even with politics, dude, like, 30 years ago, 90% of the politicians were white, older, like, Christian men. Now there's people like AOC, you know, there's gonna be, and it, there's only going to be more people like her 
in the future. Like, it's not going to be a less. It's going to, like, it's going to continue, you know, because that's yeah, yeah. the progress that's going to happen. Mm. But, I mean, change it's, takes time. Change does take time. And it's, like I said, like you said, it's, it's, it's going to be a slow process, but I'm excited for the future, even though right now it's a testing time. A lot of stuff is happening. A lot of bad, but also if you see a lot of good, like, and I think I'm, I've always been hopeful for the future and I definitely think we are going to a good stage is just, it's just teaching the youngers like, Hey, do better. Teach them what we know and then yeah. and them be learn. better, be better be than better, we, you know, yeah. be better than us, you know, learn from us, but be better, but don't think you're better though. Humble, humble, humble yourself. Humble yourself, Pokemon. Because yeah. I will put a bitch on yeah, their place. <laughs> I mean, that's the purpose of life, though, is, like, to continue to improve and grow and learn, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I'm pretty sure that's just the the trend that's going to keep going. Like, mm-hmm. I, I have faith in the future, yeah. you know? Um, we're part of that future. And, like, I have yeah, faith in us. I'll be here with my little cane, like a vijita. will be like, hola. <laughs> yeah, who knows what, what we're able to accomplish and help yeah. change, you know? Mm-hmm. but yeah um i mean with that being said uh i want to thank you both for being on here and thank sharing you. your thank experiences you. and talking about mental health talking about I the chingona it. culture chingona 101 yes. talk to me about that anytime yes <laughs> and I, I would like to say that we are all chingonas and chingons in this world guys no matter where yeah. you're from no matter if you're not latina wherever you're from however be, you identify oh yeah gender fluid all the way honey lgbtq anything like anyway guys i just want to say be you be true to yourself be a humble bitch though don't think you're better than anybody but be your better self mm-hmm. with that being said thank you caesar for allowing us to come and share the chingonaism to this world because I don't know. People just got to accept their bad bitch self. And that's what we are. That's what you are. And that's what the whole world is. Just be a bad bitch. Be Dang. happy. Yes. Go see a therapist. <laughs> yeah, join the therapy club. Yeah. Um, with that being said, would you guys like to share your social medias? Put yourself out there, plug? Or y'all just want to stay under under the radar until you blow up? Uh, under the radar for me until I blow up. <laughs> Don't harass me. <laughs> Y'all already know mine. I already said it, but Tillery Mitch underscore twice. Yeah, catch me there. Yeah. Always putting out pretty positive chingona vibes. Oh God, you have to follow her. She, yeah, she has a colorful. Content. She has a colorful Instagram. Too. I don't post anything. Though, so I'm not sharing mine. Go to yeah. my profile. No posts. Yeah. I just like to live life, even though I'm going through a I bunch of it. issues. It's just. To spread the positivity, Hell guys. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude. Like, Hell yeah. 100%. Be yourself. Be your authentic, bad bitch, chingona self. And mm. if you guys ever need some advice or just someone event, I got you money through Wednesday. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I got you. Yeah, and, um, My office hours are. <laughs> and for those of you uh, who aren't doing it yet with with uh, Zenith, you can follow Zenith at social medias, Instagram, Twitter, at Zenith underscore podcast. Um, slowly I have an announcement coming soon with where Zenith will be going moving forward. That's going to take time. I just finished school. Give me some time, please. Stop giving me so much pressure. I'm just playing. But yeah, with that being said, uh, thank you for listening. And we hope to have you back on, both Irene and Hillary. Hope, Good, you, yes. hope whoever is listening to you come back. I appreciate you. And with that being said, you already know where to catch me at. 
the zenith. The zenith. He said, "Catch me outside." <laughs> <laughs> Good day. Good night. Bye.